Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye. Like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. Chris Horwoodell, joined by Greg Crone. Gregory, my friend, how's it going? It's good, good, uh, good, man. I mean, it couldn't be any better because the heat didn't blow it. And since the heat didn't blow it, then it, it's the best. It's literally the best ever. You have a very low bar for what constitutes the best ever. Uh, I agree. Uh, that's not... that. Listen, it's the little things, Chris. <laughs> and... Not seeing Boston complete a 3-0 series comeback as the first team in the NBA history to ever do it and have to live with that uh, in my life is is a good thing. So I'm, I'm down with it, to be perfectly honest. Well, and uh, and seeing people like Bill Simmons and Dave Portnoy just dejected during the game was a, was a nice cherry on top. Yes, 1,000%. It, it, it seeing the Bill Simmons podcast titles pop up throughout the NBA playoffs as the series has went certain ways and how they there was just not not even listening to them necessarily but seeing the titles and the excitement that was clearly coming back as they were working their way back from three zero down uh, yeah. to, for it to end that way is just uh, very very sweet. Yeah, I, I'm not sure exactly when the switch happened. Maybe it was when he went. Maybe it was when he sold Grantland. But I used to love Bill Simmons. I loved the podcasts. I listened all the time. Now I just can't stand it. Uh, I'll be honest. I really like. I I love Bill Simmons. I, I loved him for for sure. Um, like I read his Red Sox books, which was really just articles about games and stuff. But it was oh, I lo- I loved his his writing. Yeah, the the book of basketball was great. Back when I was in college, like the podcast was awesome um, and I, I enjoyed it very much so. And as I've gotten older and just kind of floated away from it, I still listen to him and Cousin Sal uh, every Monday during football season. That's like really the only time I check in with the Bill Simmons with his actual content. So I would guess that it has been eight or nine years since I've heard a Bill Simmons podcast. Yeah, I mean, I think at some point the internet or, or popularity in general just turns on you. You know what I mean? And I don't know whether that's just because of age or, you know, your fans potentially age out or you age out as like the sort of cutting, not the Bill Simmons, well, I guess it kind of was sort of the cutting edge of sort of the newer-ish media. Um, and it was just kind of different than what we were used to, I guess. Yeah. So I think I think that's kind of where it is. And now it's not new anymore. It's 20 plus years old. So it's, you know, it's easier to kind of poo poo the things that he says and does. I'm not trying to poo poo anyone. I just don't. No, like yeah, the, no, no, I, I, I just don't like the blatant homerism. Yeah, I could see I can see that. I can, and I think that that probably plays in a little bit to me as well. Like my sort of lack I also of don't like your blatant it. homerism. I well, hey, listen, I, I have <laughs> or plenty lack of thereof. That's that is true. You can you can almost in, in almost all situations not call me a homer for how much I criticize the the teams that I root for. But uh, I do I do 
read the and maybe it's be, and maybe it's just simply because my teams seem to always be involved with his teams like yeah. and not even not not so much you know baseball but for football like the two Super Bowls we've played in they've both been against the Patriots uh, obviously yep. Sixers Celtics that's been a thing going back for forever the Bruins and Flyers like they've faced off a number of times in the postseason and it's just one of those things where like I I, it's hard for me to listen to someone who's that much of a homer for a team that I'm going up against. Right. Well, um, I do want to talk about this a little more, but we have a lot to talk about in general. I have BovadaSportsBook.com open in front of me, as I always do. We're going to take a look at the NBA Finals. We're going to take a look at some baseball stuff. We've got a lot to talk about today, but uh, I, to put a bow on the conversation we were having there with uh, Bill Simmons, Look, you you nailed it. Demographic matters. And uh, that that 18 to 35 demo is not flocking towards Bill Simmons anymore. And the older demo just kind of doesn't matter. I remember I remember um, back, I guess this is four years ago, five, three, four, five years ago now, something like that, when we were working with another company, and they were talking to us about doing a live show at a, at a casino in Las Vegas. And uh, they had mentioned to us that, oh, yeah, you know, Corolla just did it. And, like, he had a hard time selling tickets. And I was just like, oh, God, I don't think we should do this, guys. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, very, I'm very scared. It'll be, like, it'll be a bunch of us sitting at, <laughs> in a very uh, lavish room talking to ourselves. And... Uh, yeah, no, they were just like, look, Adam's Adam's demo is very old now. They're very old. We don't have those concerns with about you guys, but demo definitely matters. Well, the thing, I mean, the thing with that kind of stuff is again, it's people like you're right. It's the older the performer gets, the demo certainly changes because to be fair, like if you ask a 17 or 18 or 19 or even 25-year-old right now who Adam Carolla is, mm -hmm. they probably don't know, which is stunning to me. It, this actually uh, weirdly came up. Not it, It's, it's going to be very dated, but hmm. last yesterday we were with the kids at, a, at, a, at a, like a pool, and somebody mentioned Bob Hope. And someone who's not that much younger than me had legitimately zero idea, like never even heard the name Bob Hope before which was kind of stunning. Uh, but I think that that more and more, like I think that's just part of us, uh, you know, aging out of where we're the main focus for entertainment. Like, well, I, I just, I think it, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's that as anyone comes along, they get a group of fans and those fans age with them. Look what happened. Look at Harry Potter. Like <laughs> you talk to kids now and they're like, Harry Potter's dumb. I'm like, Harry Potter is awesome. You should. Yeah, you stop it. It's it's excellent. And the TV series, I'm sure, will be excellent. Um, I, 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 I'll take anything, Potter. Did you and I talk about the, the – have we talked about the TV series on air? Uh, I don't think so. Not to Not to any real extent if we've discussed it at all. Because I did see uh, Bavada does have props in their entertainment section for who could be playing some of the main characters. And like some of the choices are off the wall, dude. Some of the choices are flat out off the wall. They have five props for, 
for Albus Dumbledore, the the top choices. I don't know who Jonathan Price is. Following that, it's Jared Harris, Donald Sutherland, Brian Cox, which would be fucked up, John Lithgow, uh, John Cleese, Pierce Brosnan on the list, Al Pacino. I feel like we're just throwing people on there at the end that the people are aware of. But like Jared Harris and Donald Sutherland for Albus Dumbledore. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I listen, and honestly, even talking about it now, maybe like I'm thinking about like how much I love. Uh, obviously, barring most of the last season of Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. not knowing the story of the epic show is very helpful in my sure. opinion. So it is going to be very weird. But then again, I did go watch the movies and I knew what was for sure going to happen most likely. So I don't know. But casting wise, I think I don't it, it's going to be very hard to outdo the people in the movies. So regardless of who they get, Donald Sutherland, such a random. But he also was like he had a big role in the Hunger Games series. So like gigantic. Yeah. So like it's that's Cornelius tough. Snow. Yeah. So uh, I mean. I don't know. That's tough. That's really Brian, tough. Brian Cox just played a legitimately horrible person on Succession, yeah. which just ended on HBO. So that's tough. Like going to Voldemort, it's like the top choices. Bavada's top choice for Voldemort, Killian Murphy. I mean, I could see it. I could certainly I, see it. So but random and weird. It is. It's. It's. It, that's almost like two on the nose, though. Like, I don't know. I, I, Followed I don't know by what. Daniel Craig, by the way. I could I could see that a little bit better than, than Killian Murphy. I don't know. I, it, it's, it, I think you have to go a little more obscure with some of the picks. I know you have to have a little bit of star power. But, I mean, if you look at, like, Game of Thrones, again, to throw it out there, just because it's, like, one of those epic kind of shows. Yeah, I've really never heard of it, but go ahead. Yeah, but there really, <laughs> there really wasn't a ton of, like, gigantic names decent names you know um but nobody who like the names you're mentioning are people who are very 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 well known yeah that wasn't necessarily the case with thrones true and and also like you have to think that these people are signing up for what is it a nine-year commitment 10 years yeah potentially depending on the role for sure (laughs) like you know i i have a hard time believing you're gonna get uh, Daniel Craig to do 10 years of Harry Potter when he was so eager to get out of uh, Bond. Oh, yeah. Like, 100%. <laughs> I think he's he's one of those guys that, like, you don't... He doesn't... Even though, obviously, he did, what, three to four Bond films? Doesn't no, necessarily... I think be... Four to five, I think, is where we are. Never seen one Bond film in general, so I was simply guessing based off of title, I guess. Um, I so... And I'm proud of you. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that's, you know, I, I don't. I agree with you. I don't think he's going to be a guy that dives in and is like, you know what, I want to do this specifically for the next 10 years. For McGonagall, uh, Helen Mirren, the favorite. And, like, you also, like, I'd be a little bit worried about casting these older people with a 10-year commitment. We, uh, we don't want to have to replace anybody. But other choices... The interesting one, like Viola Davis, if we're going to go uh, go against it, go different race swapping, McGonagall, not, which is perfectly fine, a spectacular actress, would bring be a very different 
very different in that role. And maybe honestly, that's the way to go with some of these, since it's not as much of an apples to apples comparison. Yeah. I mean, just really shake it up. I, I could definitely see that. It probably wouldn't be the worst idea in the world if we're being honest. For Hagrid, the favorite, Zach Galifianakis. I feel like that's lazy. It's very uh, John, lazy. John Goodman, and that goes all the way down to, at plus 3,000, David Hasselhoff. And uh, for for Snape, again, like, this is, so, this is the laziest one so far. For Snape, they're just like, who kind of looks like Snape? Oh, right, Adam Driver. <laughs> Like there is a zero, there is a zero percent chance you get Adam Driver to do ten years of this. Yeah, I think you're gonna have to go more obscure. There's almost no doubt about it. I will say, I haven't. I feel like I haven't seen John Goodman in anything, um, like in forever. Uh, again, part of that, most of that's on me. Like to be yeah. fair, my, <laughs> my my Sunday night viewing was. Dazed and confused, followed by can't hardly wait. So obviously, I was dipping in. Okay, into... okay. I have we want to unpack this a little bit. <laughs> That's fine. How how did you get to can't hardly wait? Uh, I was just thinking of like other high school movies, like uh, whether my age of being in high school when that was released, or uh, like movies just about that sort of like age group. I don't know why. It's because we were talking. Somebody in a group text sent something about dazed and confused. Uh, oh, it was because it was May 28th, and there's a Twitter, a fantastic Twitter account, to be fair. It's like dates in movies or mm -hmm. uh, what happened in movies on this day. Um, and May 28th is the day, uh, the last day of school for Days and Confused. So I watched that, and then I was like, well, I wonder if, like, let's just go to something else and something in that general thing. And Can't Hardly Wait's one of those ones that that's a go to. That's a classic, an absolute classic. How it well, didn't win Best Picture. We we watched an excellent high school movie, uh, high school based movie this weekend too, and we had one of the one of the younger cousins stayed over Sunday to Monday, and we went down, and the whole, the plan we were super excited about Alexa and I we we're gonna watch John Wick four, and uh, we got down we were we're sitting in the basement, I bought the movie on Amazon Prime, and I. Uh, I bought the movie and I and I turned to I turned to the cousin and I'm like, hey, so uh, now's the time to admit that you've never seen any of the first three <laughs> before we start this. And she's like, yeah, no, I, I haven't seen any of them, but I, but I want to see this. Like, not being very nice about it and all that stuff, just didn't want to start a fight. And I was like, all right, well, look, we're not gonna, we can't do this. I I wouldn't even begin to know how to explain what's going on in John Wick Four to somebody who hasn't seen the first three. So like. Just want you to go over and pick a movie. Didn't bother standing up. She's she's like, what's go to the M's, and uh, let me g give you a quick chance to guess, Gregory. What M movie would a teenage girl pick about high school? And it is an absolute classic. About a high school. Stuff. About about yeah, pe about people in high school. The high school experience. The first one that comes to mind is Mallrats, but I don't know if that's. Oh, I think we're. Really I think we're. Yeah, it's, uh, I think <laughs> just a little out of high school, probably for that one. Um, hmm, I'm stumped. Well, I, I'm gonna be really mad when I hear it. Um, I'll give. Okay, let, let's let's uh, what's the Leonard Malton? Let's Leonard Malton game. Yeah, we could, we could do this. Let's let's Leonard Malton game this. 
Um, it's not like we have anything in sports to talk about. <laughs> Just the a NBA, couple championships. The NBA Finals, the NHL, the NHL, the Stanley Cup. Uh, you know, new coach of the 76ers. Uh, but I like I like where we're at here. Okay, uh, the Leonard Malton game. For those who don't know, is you get you get X number of names, right? Yeah. Where would you? How many names would you bid? Is there a, did you ever read the description of the movie or is this just blind? So uh, I don't think I can give you the description. The names are going to give it away. That's fine. Uh, I'd say four names. If it's a high school movie, it's usually larger ensemble casts. So I'd say four. Okay. I'm going to – there's a giant cast list, so I'm going to do this. I'm going to go four from the relevant people. Okay. And we're gonna start. By the time you get to a certain point, you should you should really know this. Amanda Seyfried. Oh, it's Mean Girls. It is Mean Girls. <laughs> I should have known that without the people. That's uh, that's on me. Yeah, it is. It is in fact because once I, I figured once I got to Lacey Chabert with Amanda Seyfried, it's only really yeah. one movie that could be. <laughs> yeah, outstanding movie too. By the oh, way, yeah, really, fantastic. really holds up fantastic movie weird um, weird seeing Lindsay lohan before all the Lindsay lohan stuff happened yeah super talented like unbelievably <laughs> talented but just kind of you know it went by the wayside unfortunately what are you gonna do maybe she'll get a role in the harry in the harry potter reboot well I mean, the whole reason that all came up though is because i did start a new show Tell not necessarily the righteous gemstones on hbo oh well john goodman yeah, that's that's where this all stemmed from. So uh, interesting to see him in something that I'm watching currently. And I'm almost done season one, I assume. I'm, I think I'm in episode nine somewhere. But uh, I've enjoyed it so far, you know, trying to catch up on Ted Lasso because that's a couple's thing. We only have certain certain X amount of time to actually watch it. Uh, I will say, though, I think there's 12 episodes in season three. Yeah. So that's, we, have, that- we have two left. Yeah, that's been good to to know. I think we're on episode 10-ish, okay. maybe. Uh, and I feel like the things that we were complaining about prior, or like earlier in the season, now that they're starting to sort of come to a head with a lot of it, uh, I think it's fine, maybe. Yeah, the, the season has turned around a little bit in my mind, for sure. Yeah, so I think, I think there was some, and even by myself, a little bit of... of jumping to conclusions prior to the season being not finished. But I also think that's like it. I think part of it is the episode week by week episode release in today's. We need to see all 12 episodes in like the first three and a half hours. They're released. You know what I mean? Right. right. Somehow we're going to, we're going to dual screen this so we can watch multiple episodes (laughs) at one time. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like, I think I think that plays a big role into into this that we're just so not used to watching shows like this where the story builds over a 12 week period versus it building over, you know, a 12 hour period. Okay, my favorite part of all of this was uh them finding a way to have Trent around for the whole season. Yeah, and I mean he plays a pretty pivotal role. Like I don't know what episode you're on, so I don't want to say anything. Yeah, I think we're probably around the same place and uh yeah, the in 
for anybody who doesn't want spoilers, skip ahead about 30 seconds, and I don't want spoilers either. <laughs> I believe the last thing that happened was the uh, the Keeley gets the PR firm gets taken away and uh, and um, Rebecca funds her PR firm. That's the <laughs> last one I saw. <laughs> well, you're ahead of me by an episode, I assume, but uh, no, not surprising that that's where that's where it's Sorry. going. Apologies it's, for that. It's I, I thought you were ahead of me because if you then you definitely saw nine because it couldn't have been ten. Yeah, probably nine. I think. I think my I'm thirteen. I think my last one is one of the bigger storylines that we didn't necessarily have interest in. The Collins stuff. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Came came to uh, like a conclusion. So that's where we finished. But what you said, to be fair, I'm not surprised by. I expected that. If that makes sense. Well, sorry to do that to you. I, I buddy. We, I brought the show up, so I'm not worried about it. <laughs> you also told me you were on a different episode. That's correct. <laughs> I, well, again, I don't keep track of numbers, so... I'm not a numbers guy, Greg. I'm not Never a, I don't know the numbers. If the number isn't on Bovada, Chris, I'm not paying attention to it. What is the point of it if it's not there? Bovada has everything you need in sports. And that is <laughs> That is correct. I mean... I again hitting big bets. Not the best record this week, but a number and it lost my lost my goddamn lock of the week, which is a problem. Um, you, you, Mr. Lock, I'm sorry to hear that. It's never good. But a couple other big winners as the Premier League for uh for soccer came to an end. So, you know, it, it is what it is. Where what did I just have open? Um yeah. No, just a it's it's a weird time in sports. There's that. Let's, I, I, let's talk about it. Let's. Uh, I think we have to begin with the Sixers, Greg. Nick Nurse, the new head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. How are you feeling about it? I mean, he was the best of what the options were that we were looking at, so I'm yeah. perfectly fine with it. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, I, it, I, I'm, I'm not, it's hard to get overly excited because I don't know what the roster is going to look like. The expectations are literally the, the floor for them in general. Um, in my mind, but, uh, like I'm might as well roll the dice with a guy who's won a title. You know what I mean? Like with a team. Well, but I mean, my point is, is with a team that wasn't filled with superstars like doc rivers, team was. Yeah. No, look, I love the Nick nurse hiring. My one concern is that Kawhi Leonard was as good as I've ever seen anyone be in the playoffs that year that they beat us. That is correct. And won the championship. Um, hopefully. I'm I'm concerned about his tendency to play his top guys a lot of minutes. I uh, I don't know that yeah. Joel should be playing 40 minutes a game, and I don't think I I can't imagine that number is gonna be under 38. So that's it's... troubling. Like I, I don't care about Maxi, I don't care about whoever else is here. Um, although I'd probably not move for Harden in some world where Harden is a 76er next year. Actually, Nick Nurse is kind of a terrible coach for James Harden in general. But uh, yes, <laughs> such is life. Um, yeah, that's my only concern. But I think this guy can actually actually develop young players as long as they're in his rotation. I think he can make in-game changes to. A degree that Doc Rivers was never able to, so I feel good about all these things. 
I listen. I I I agree. The minutes concerns is definitely something that's a big thing. Um, I think to be honest, though, I'm just I, I'm so ready for a new face on the sidelines. Oh yeah, that I I'm willing to to figure it out. And to be fair, we probably have like two years of Embiid like quality left. Um, I think you, I think you're a little low on that, but I get what you're saying. You know, so like it it's. It's like what pe- what teams do with running backs that are very cheap, right? They run them into the ground and then don't pay them, and they have to go get paid elsewhere. Like that's it, you're almost at that point where it's like, well, we we really have to stop worrying about this. It's got to just be go time, and whatever happens, happens. Yeah. So Siakam played thirty seven point four minutes a game. Van Vliet thirty six point seven minutes a game. OG Ananobi thirty five point six minutes a game. You compare that to to Philadelphia, like Philadelphia. Oh, this is the postseason. I was gonna say that number doesn't make sense to me. Uh, Joel played thirty four minutes a game. Tyrese thirty three. Harden actually played the most minutes, thirty six. So Harden's numbers wouldn't the minutes wouldn't be crazy different, but. Everybody, everybody else in that starting lineup would see a pretty big boost. That would that would be difficult, I think, for many a many a person on there. Yeah, I, I'm concerned. I like I don't know. Like PJ Tucker doesn't need more minutes. PJ Tucker needs less minutes. And also, if they could trade him, that would be great. PJ Tucker doesn't need to be in the starting lineup. Like, <laughs> well, that was hopefully hopefully Nick Nurse gets that. Uh, I. Who that man? I just have no idea what this lineup's going to look like this year. I really don't. That's why it's so hard to speculate. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. It's a hundred percent. No. I know what you mean. Uh, crazy. They had five guys average thirty plus minutes a game. Average thirty two plus minutes a game in Toronto, and then past that, Jakob Pertl averaged twenty seven. So it's like he Nick Nurse is going to. Find the guys he likes, and he's going to play them a lot. You're not going to see a ton of, uh, not going to see a ton of uh, Jaden Springer. I'm 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 not as worried about the Jaden Springer minutes, uh, but no, I I yeah, I think he definitely has. He's like it's like that Tom Thibodeau, you know, not coaching tree because I don't know if he actually is a part of that, but he's more of a he's not. Like, but I get the disciple. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. Like that's you're just going to play. The starters, you're going to do, you're going to be Eric Spolcher up 25 points in game seven in the fourth quarter with two minutes left. And for some reason, Jimmy Butler and all your starters are still on the floor. Like, doesn't make a lot of sense, but that's what is just going to happen. Yeah, no, a million percent. All right. Well, we have an NBA finals matchup Miami Heat taking on the Denver Nuggets. The game one is going to be June 1st at 8 30 Eastern time. How are you feeling about this series? I am. I mean, I'll be I'll be honest. I think the Nuggets are going to take them relatively easily. I just think they're the more complete team. They're for sure the more healthy team, which I think is going to matter. Now, it is very hard to say this going up against a you know a team with Jimmy Butler on it, yeah. um, who seems to just have this ability to turn it on whenever he chooses and can can take games over in in situations and dominate, but. I mean, the Nuggets have been the class of the NBA all season, no matter what anybody else wants to say. And 
I I just it's hard for me to look away from the team that's thirteen and three or thirteen and two. Uh, is it three? It might be thirteen and three. Um, through through the beginning of the postseason to get to the finals, like that's that's tough. Are we at all concerned that Jimmy Butler, uh, while put up counting stats, didn't really play efficient basketball over those last three or four games in the series? Uh, we, we probably should. I mean, people probably are. Uh, I'm, I'm less worried about that simply because I think there was a little bit of a sense of complacency once they got up 3-0. Like you yeah. definitely saw that in game four. It was for sure there in five. Game six, they turned it on, and it was like uh, they, they should have won game six, to be fair. They're one Max Strews box out away from not having to play a game seven. Yeah, and uh, Jimmy shot 23% from the field. I Listen, but he also had 14 of their last 16 points and the three free throws that took the lead. So while, playing, playing 47 to 48 minutes, by the way. While, while the percentages aren't great, uh, the, the actual game, like situational stuff that happened is, uh, is pretty important too. Yeah, that's fair. That's entirely fair. Um, are, what, what is your excitement level on a scale of one to 10 for this one? I really just want good games. I'd say, yeah. I'd say I'm probably like a six because I'm fine with either team that, that wins. Like it really doesn't, like, I kind of want Denver to win just to Me shake too. it up a little bit in terms of the NBA. I feel like, and not feel like this is what it is. It's like the same seven teams just rotate championships over the course of like a decade or two. Um, and it's very annoying, like very, very annoying. Uh, so uh, seeing a new name up there as a, as a champion would be, would be kind of nice. Yeah. Series pricing at Bavada, the heat plus 300 nuggets minus 400. I think that's pretty much in line with what we expect expected in terms of like, nobody really thinks this is going to be a series. It is crazy because the heat were plus 375 at the beginning of the series against the Celtics. Mm -hmm. And now they're somehow less against the team that I think is more talented than the Celtics. Well, that's funny because I was, I was looking at some other stuff and Bavada's uh, props for 2023-2024 favorite Boston Celtics, the favorite plus 450. So I think, I think Vegas believes Boston is better than Denver. I mean, yeah, that's that's crazy. <laughs> uh, I just don't. Boston's front court is such like it's too it's so old or not good. Like their their guard play fine. They have a ton of spectacular guards, but once you get to the four and five position again, positionless basketball, yada yada yada. Like, yeah, uh, Al Horford's had an excellent career. He's very old. Like, and it he showed a lot in the postseason. Um, and when he's inconsistent shooting, he's essentially like not playable, like defensively. Sure. He has moments, but it's not, it's not anything that's overly spectacular in terms of like a uh, bead stopper and bead stopper, whatever it is, what it is. But um, I, I just, that, and like you, you kind of Robert Williams is you worry about injury and stuff like that. And he doesn't like offensively. He's not as, as much of a contributor. Like he's, no, he's he, he catches dunks. He catches yeah. Like, he's definitely improved, but you're right. It's, it's you go under the basketball lob one up and that's where the points come from. It's not a lot else. So, I mean, 
I don't know. I I I find it. I think I think the off season might be a little more tumultuous for Boston than uh, than people think right now. But we'll see. Maybe I'm just maybe that's wishful thinking as a Sixers fan that do they you, are. Do you believe the rumors about them potentially being willing to move Jalen Brown? That's that's the the age old rumor. It feels like it feels like every summer when they don't win a championship, the the rumor that comes out is that they're going to move on from him. It is so much money to sign both of them to super maxes. Yeah. Like it's insane money, which is fine. Like if they're worth it. And I mean, we're talking about guys that continuously go to the Eastern conference final. So it might be, but it's, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money for those two guys. I, I don't, I don't necessarily think they're going to move on. I would love to see it because I think that, I think that people love to criticize Jalen Brown. (coughs) Excuse me. But um, and some of it, some of it deserved, and some of it a little undeserved. But um, seeing them panic and break that pairing up uh, while they're still both in in their twenties would be would be fantastic as a Sixers fan. And not upper twenties, <laughs> you know. These right. Are not, these are not old basketball players at this time. Um, care to guess who the favorite at Bavada is to win Finals MVP? I mean, it's got to be Jokic, right? <laughs> it is. Joker minus 300. Who's number two? <sighs> Jamal Murray. Interesting that I think you just assume that everyone thinks Denver is going to win. I will tell you, Jamal Murray is number three. And number two be... should all. Yeah. Yeah, it must be Jimmy, right? It is. Who is number four? I guess it really would have to come down to either Bam or MPJ. I agree with that, but I will tell you that it is Bam, and there is a flavor of the week in between those two, oh, in between no. Bam and MPJ. Caleb Martin? Caleb Martin plus wow. 5,000 at Bavada to win finals MVP. Listen, I was a big Nevada Wolfpack guy, so uh, I'm, I love seeing the Martin, the Martin twins get any buckets in the NBA. The man had an incredible series. It'll be interesting to see if he can carry that over. Did you see? Uh, did you see? Came out. I, I saw it today. I've never seen it before. That Jimmy Butler's team, when he was at Marquette, was responsible for knocking Joe Mazzulla's team out of the NCAA tournament. I did. I heard that. Uh, that's it's incredible. Joe Mazzulla, the West Virginia icon. And I believe Butler's older than Mazzulla. Uh, he he actually. Uh, Mazzulla's thirty. Six, I, I didn't think I thought he was I thought he was younger than that. Uh, Joe, Joe Mazzola is 34. 34, huh? So I was actually thinking older. I, I thought he was younger than that. Jimmy's 33. Okay, so still Mazzola, the head coach of the team that he beat is a year older than him. It's wild. That's absolute that's an insane stat to think about. Uh all right. Well, I guess it's happening, so let's address it. What are your thoughts on the Stanley Cup? I, I mean, I think it's a very intriguing matchup. Vegas is kind of, they've been that, that ever since the expansion season, they've been sort of that lingering team that can never quite put it together. They had the cup appearance in their first year. Yeah. How did uh, this happen, Greg? Uh, how did, how did they get so good so quick? So the NHL doesn't tank their expansion teams like other, uh, like other leagues kind of do and not even, purposefully it's really about the expansion draft uh the nhl limits the number uh like pretty 
significantly significantly to guys you can protect and those types of things. Got it. Uh, to specifically not hamstring because what they want is a team to when they start out, um, you know, have success so it builds loyalty in the market, etc. So and like sell merch. Yeah, they bring in fans, they sell the merch, they do all that stuff for a budding team versus like, hey, this is the new sport in your in your city. Oh, and they stink too. So good luck with that. So um it's and it's and it's in Las Vegas where there's no actual people from Las Vegas. Yeah, they try to remove that competitive advantage. So or like disadvantage of being that. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. I'm looking at I'm looking at the the outright futures for next year. This Flyers team is apparently not very good. Oh no, they're bad. <laughs> yeah. They're they're bad. But right now, Vegas the favorite. The Golden Knights minus one twenty five at Pavada to win the Stanley Cup, and the uh, Florida Panthers plus one hundred five. Where are you putting your money? Um, I think it's I. It's hard to pick against the Panthers because they have they they knocked out the historically best regular season team ever. Bobrovsky's been on another level in terms of how good he's been. And it would only be fitting for, as the Flyers are talking about trading the best goalie prospect they've ever had, for the guy who left the Flyers, won three Vesnas, and then proceeded to potentially win a Stanley Cup with an eighth seed. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's hard for me to not bet them. I almost might take them just for the the plus money side of it. But <sighs> Didn't I think smart money goes that well. I. He actually, what's crazy, Chris, is at the beginning of the playoffs, he was not their starter, and their actual starter struggled. And and they went when they went three down three one to Boston, and Bob was then inserted back as the goalie, and he has been lights out ever since. Like it's it's been unbelievable. He's the 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 man. It's amazing the effect that leaving the Flyers organization has on players. Mm-hmm. Someone always wins the Stanley Cup. We'll, we'll for sure have, I, I'm, I'm sure, without looking at Vegas' actual roster and going through it, I'm sure there's got to be someone. But the, uh, the the Panthers are just riddled with former Flyers. Radko Gudis, uh, Sergei Bobrovsky, obviously, like, you know, it's it's just a, it's it's a yearly tradition of a former flyer being the, one of the guys that lifts Lord Stanley's Cup. Can I tell you, um, uh, sports adjacent, but something that I'm I could not be more excited about, and it, it it's tonight at eight thirty, Gregory. You know what I'm talking about? I I think I do. The thirty for thirty, part one. American gladiators, dude. I Matt uh, Matt uh, sent me like a screenshot of an email he got from ESPN with that. I didn't even know this was happening. This is awesome. I found out a couple of days ago, and I added it to I, I added it to my YouTube TV list. I put YouTube TV right on the thirty for thirty. Like I just went right added thirty for thirty to my library, so it downloads. I cannot wait to watch this. American Gladiators is a staple. Of my childhood. Like, I, it, I forget what channel it would be on. Maybe it was TNN back then or the USA Network. Um, Feels like USA. Yeah, and they would just be reruns during the day in the summer of American Gladiators. And it was the best. I mean, I always wanted to do, like, all the different obstacles. 
who didn't, I mean, if you didn't try to figure out how to make one of those tennis ball shooting guns or just at least have somebody stand up there with different things to throw at you while you dive behind things, trying to hit the target over their head. Like hey, the American gladiators is the best for, uh, for sure. I'm trying to find out. I'm trying to confirm USA, but having a hard time. Yeah, it would, would it would have been whoever ran it, I guess, in syndication, probably. Um, but that, like, uh, I forget. I can't think of the guy's name. Uh, but one of the guys that won or went pretty far in the American Gladiators tournament uh, was a guy that eventually went to the WWE and was a wrestler. I think he wrestled huh. under the name Rico Constantino. He was a hairdresser. Um <laughs> it's a whole thing uh but regardless if if you can't get excited for mike adamley and larry zonka bringing you all the action from the from the broadcast booth i i i got nothing for you and hey do you remember who the the co-host was in the first season oh no who big time name fellow by the name of joe theisman oh yes i do remember theisman (laughs) on there dude it was just an unbelievable show. Like I, the the Eliminator, you'd, if you didn't want to run up the treadmill to try to get to the hand bike to then run across the spinning log and then the cargo net and then you go down the zip line and then obviously the assortment of, of finishes, but there was usually the walls that you would climb over. Uh, there was the season where they had just like the breakaway mesh uh, that or not mesh, but like the breakaway plastic you'd have to run mm-hmm. through and there was a potential of a gladiator being behind it to try to stop you. Like, <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, the fact that I can literally remember like step by step what the Eliminator was just proves how many episodes of that show I watched. So I'm unbelievably excited for this 30 for 30. Well, here we go. USA Network was the first network to air reruns of American Gladiators uh, that was eventually purchased by Spike TV. Okay. ESPN then in 2007 added the entire original series to the ESPN Classic lineup. And uh, it's been on uh, a few different other uh, other options since then that, quite frankly, I don't didn't know existed, such as a, an action theme broadcast network called Charge with an exclamation point. <laughs> what? S, S, Sports Illustrated TV, and, oh. uh, and now it's been the 2008 revival and the original show added to Pluto TV. So I've I've clicked around on Pluto TV because they do have a channel. It's just American Gladiators. But the last there time I know. checked, it was the 2008 revival with Hulk Hogan and Leila Ali. I'm out. I'm out. Uh, it's just not as good. It's not the same feel. It's not the classic. Um, you, you know, there was a show that was similar to this. <coughs> Guts. There was Guts. Guts was awesome. Global Guts, always cool. Get the international flavor in there. But uh, Battle Dome, <laughs> Battle Dome was I do not recall. Dog, Battle Dome was a mix of professional wrestling, uh, uh, American Gladiators, and I don't even know what. Like maybe yeah, but really just those two. It was on for maybe like three seasons. It I don't even remember what channel Battle Dome they, aired. Maybe they made, like they, this, made, they made thirty episodes. It looks like it was on nine, September ninety nine to April. 21 uh, 2001 the biggest come uh like come out of that was that terry cruz was on that i think his name was t money he was one of like the gladiators essentially in the battle dome okay uh it, it, i'm not seeing it i believe you obviously uh, well, dude they uh, had, 
they had like a mix with like WCW was somehow involved at some point. Like it was. Oh, here you it go. It was crazy. In the fall of 2000, the <laughs> stars of Battledome and WCW began a brief cross-promotional feud. It kicked off when WCW wrestlers disputed a battle, uh, disrupted a Battledome taping. In retaliation, on November on the November 6th edition of Monday Nitro, T-Money, Kuda, Mike O'Dell, husband of WCW star Medi- Medusa? No, it's, uh, it's Medija. Uh, DOA and Bubba King began heckling in the audience <laughs> as Diamond Dallas Page spoke to the Chicago crowd. <laughs> That's so funny. T-Money, Terry Crews. Guys lived a life. It's it's just so funny, dude. It was an unbelievable show. An unbelievable show. But no, I'm 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 very excited for this American Gladiators thing. That's that's awesome. Here here's the character description of T Money. Smug, arrogant, and always accompanied by quote the posse. Blinged up with jewelry and a dollar sign chain around his neck. Very good at several games, but roller cage was his specialty. Did not take losing very well. <laughs> I love that. That's so funny. Like, it doesn't make any, like, it's just so ridiculous. Yeah, this reason, whole, whole thing seems to be ridiculous. Dude, for some reason they had, um, <coughs> why am I dying tonight? Uh, I'm curious had, about it. Uh, they had the Dom triplets. Why they were there, I have no idea. I guess they always accompanied Odell during his outings. What are the Dom triplets? <laughs> I don't know, but they were on the show. Why did the Gladiators have valets like professional wrestling? It made no sense. and I, don't, I never understood it, but it was very funny. Well, if you'll excuse me, I have to go find a valet. <laughs> uh, feels like as good a place. As we're now talking about Battle Dome. It feels like as good a place as any to end the show for this week. Um, so enjoy the NBA Finals. Enjoy the Stanley Cup playoffs. Plenty of action going on right now. Luckily, the USFL is over. I've been Chris is it Holden. really? I think so, right? Or was it the XFL? XFL. That shows how little I know. <laughs> shows how little I know, Greg. Watch Mean Girls. Watch watch reruns of Battle Dome. I've been Chris Forward. He's been Greg Crowe, and this has been your wrong, and here's why, and we'll see you next time.